On July 10th, 2015, a family camping trip ended in tragedy when two-year-old Dior Kuntz disappeared from Timber Creek Campgrounds just outside of Ledore, Idaho. The trip was a last-minute decision by Dior's parents, Jessica Mitchell and Vernal Kuntz. Joining them was Jessica's grandfather, Bob Walton, and his friend, Isaac Rainwand. On the second day of the trip, Dior stayed behind with his grandpa while his parents and Isaac went fishing in the nearby creek, only 50 feet away. They were gone less than 20 minutes, yet when they returned to camp, Dior had vanished. To this day, no sign of baby Dior has ever been found. Hello and welcome to Fact and Suspicion. I'm your host, Ben. And I'm your other host, Dan. And tonight's mystery is the tragic disappearance of Dior Kuntz Jr. I hate it whenever a small child like this vanishes. Every time someone vanishes like that, it's tragic, but it's really hard for me when it's a child. Yeah, it's certainly worse when it's a kid. There's no question. Right. So um, you said they were on a camping trip, right? Yes. So why, why did they go camping exactly? Well, that's a good question. Um, exactly why they went on the trip seems to change depending on who's giving the interview and when. It was either to celebrate Jessica holding a job for six months or to let Grandpa Bob revisit places he used to fish at when he was younger. But either way, the group drove 120 miles from Idaho Falls to the Timber Creek Campgrounds just outside of Ledore. And just to be clear, when I say campground, I mean that in the most limited, basic way possible. There are no bathrooms, showers, trailer hookups, electricity. There's not even a parking lot. It's just a remote plot of land with a picnic table, I think a single spigot for water, and a couple fire pits. I don't know if I'd want to drive 120 miles for that kind of place. Exactly. It does seem a bit strange. Especially if it's the first explanation, you know, they're, I'm sorry, the second explanation that to help Bob relive his younger days, then I suppose it makes sense. The first, though, not so much. That doesn't seem like much of a celebration. No, no, I definitely don't want to celebrate anything when you can't even, you know, use a bathroom. <laughs> right. Though, to be fair, some people enjoy camping completely roughing it, right? Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I'm not one of those, but. Oh, I'm, I'm very well aware, Dan. So the area itself is almost completely enclosed by mountains, and there's only a single extremely rocky dirt road in and out, which, from what I understand, is virtually impassable outside of summer. So the group arrived at the campground late, uh, between 9 and 9.30. They set up camp and basically went straight to sleep. Vernal, Jessica, and Dior slept in Bob's truck. Bob slept in the small camper he brought and Isaac slept in a tent. Now, the next morning, between 10 and 10.30 after breakfast, Jessica, Vernal, and baby Dior drove back into Ledore and made two stops. The first was Peterson Welding, where Vernal filled up on diesel fuel, and the second was a convenience store called the Stage Stop Junction. They picked up some snacks, a box of tampons for Jessica, and I believe they ordered some fries for baby Dior. But more on this trip to Ledore later. So the family heads back to the campsite where they arrive around 1 o'clock. 
Now, while they were gone, Bob and Isaac had caught a couple fish. Now, seeing this, Vernal and Jessica decide to go fishing as well, and they ask Isaac to show them where he and Bob had success. So the three head towards the creek, which is only about 50 feet away. In fact, the only reason it's not visible from camp is that it's downhill. Okay, so this next part is really important. According to Jessica, on the way to the creek, she noticed that baby Dior was following them. So she asked him if he wanted to come with them or stay behind with Grandpa. Now, according to Jessica, he said he wanted to stay and started walking back towards camp. Jessica says she yelled at Bob to let him know Dior was coming, and then the three adults continued on towards the creek. They didn't walk him back? I know, it seems bizarre, right? I can't imagine letting a small child walk back by himself like that, but that's yeah, the story. You can't see, right? And then, like, I mean, they're, they're in the woods. I mean, I realize there's a little a path there, right? Right. Like a, a walkway, but they're in the, the woods, and I've got a, a toddler that's older than Dior was, and there's no way I would let her just walk off that way without, you know, making sure she got there. Right. I mean, that, right? that, that seems reasonable. Now, to be absolutely fair, I suppose it's possible that everything was visible from where they were. Maybe they hadn't gone down the hill yet. I don't really know this scenario. I mean, even then, I'd be wary about letting a small child walk that distance. And I'd certainly want to know for, for sure who was watching him. Exactly. So she just yelled for Bob. She didn't actually have a conversation with him. That, that's the impression you get from her interview. I mean, for all we know, Bob could have been napping at that point, you know? <laughs> right. Now, Bob, for his part, has never come out and said that he definitely heard her. In fact, he, he's a little vague about it. He usually says something when asked like, well, if that's what she says. So it seems clear that he didn't hear her. That's, um, that's a terrible answer. I just, I wonder if that's the way he answers police. <laughs> Good question. Okay, so... Now, we're not exactly sure how long they were at the creek. Jessica says only about five minutes, while Vernal claims it was closer to 15 or 20. Either way, they weren't there long. Right. Now, in an interview, Vernal claims that he found a spot with a bunch of minnows that he thought Dior would love. So he and Jessica went back to camp to get him. But, of course, when they arrived... Dior was missing. Bob claims he had just seen him, but after 20 minutes of searching, Dior was nowhere to be found. Wow, and they didn't hear anything? No. Uh, the, the kid seems to have just vanished into thin air. Now, at this point, the two decide to call 911, but this is a bit weird. Vernal doesn't have signal, so he jumps in his truck and drives up the road until he can make a call. Now, while he's gone, Jessica manages to get through to 911. Okay, I have a, a little bit of a problem with this. I feel like if someone needed to leave camp to call 911, it probably should have been anyone other than Vernal. Right. He does well, seem the most capable, right? Right, exactly. Like, he's, he's probably the, the best candidate to be running around the woods trying to, to find Dior, you know, him and Jessica probably, but... Definitely. Um, and I didn't mention this a minute ago, but Grandpa is on oxygen. He's not in very good health. So it seems well, weird that they would have left the kid with him to begin with, 
And he's certainly not capable of, you know, walking around in the woods looking for the, the child, right? Yeah, that's actually a really good good point. I don't think if he's on oxygen and doesn't get around very well, I mean, why would you leave a toddler with him? He can't chase him down if he needs to, you know? Right. He can't I mean, that's why they call them toddlers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They they get around. Exactly. And, you know, but why not Bob? Why didn't Bob go make the call? These are all good questions, and unfortunately, we don't have good answers. Now, let's go ahead and play the 911 call, uh, because some people think that Jessica sounds a bit suspect. Now, I don't necessarily agree with that, but it's worth discussing. Yeah, let's hear that. What's the address of your emergency? Um, I'm actually camping in Redwood. Goes outside of Redworth. Uh huh. Um, my two-year-old son. Um, we can't find him. How long has he been missing? About an hour. Yeah. Are you by water? Yes. Do you know which campground you're in? Uh, it's Stone Reservoir, Timber Creek. Stone Reservoir. Yeah, or Timber Creek. Hold on. We need search and rescue. Jessica. Jessica? Yeah. What's your son's name? Okay. What is he wearing? He was wearing cowboy boots, a blue um, pair, like pajama pants, and a camel jacket. And he's got shaggy blonde hair. Is your husband calling too? Like all down where we were camping at, and we can't find him at all. Okay. We need you to stay within cell service. We've got people going on the way. Thank you. So, what'd you think? Well, you know, I don't like to judge uh, people on 911 calls because, well, different people react different ways. Right. There's uh, there's no handbook for this sort of thing. Exactly. But beyond that, I mean, she does sound distressed to me. You know, I don't feel like she's just play acting there. I feel like there's actual... Uh, emotions behind what she's saying i tend to agree uh, i just i thought it was worth mentioning because you know you know how the internet is a lot of people seem to to say that she seemed sounded a bit disingenuous though i don't necessarily think that's the case of course that doesn't absolve her from the situation it doesn't mean that she's innocent it just means that i don't think you can judge much from how people sound in a 911 call yeah i, I agree with that i don't like to judge people on 911 calls or polygraph tests. <laughs> exactly. Now, we'll get to some po- the polygraph tests in a bit, but I agree. I mean, research shows that they're a little better than flipping a coin, so. <laughs> All right. So, I think from here, we should probably get into the search, which, good news, you know, a lot of times when we uh, look to these cases, the investigation leaves a lot to be desired, but I really don't think that's the case here. Yeah, we have, uh, we've actually looked into several cases where they they didn't seem to really care about searching for the people, you know? That or does seem to be the case. resources into it. Right. But with this one, you know, I guess with it being uh, a national forest and, and a child. child, yeah, you had a lot, of, uh, a lot of people turn up to help with that. So this search was pretty exhaustive. Between the 11th and the 12th, ground crews, including nearly 200 volunteers, searched the area from the camp to the creek. There were teams on ATVs, horseback, and a helicopter was brought in with an infrared camera. On the 12th, the search was suspended, and on the 13th, a candlelight vigil was held for Dior. 
the next morning on the 14th, the search resumed. And for the next two days, a dive team scoured the stone reservoir located a quarter mile from the camp. Uh, and the creek bleeds into it. So they actually thought that he might have uh, made it into the creek and drowned, perhaps? Right. That, that was one possibility. Though, was the, uh, was the creek deep? Not especially. But, but we'll get to that in, in just a bit when we're talking okay. about the, the, possible, the possible theories, right? Okay, yeah. So on the 17th, the dive team was back at it again. But this time they used a sonar robot to assist in the search. On multiple occasions... Cadaver dogs were brought in to search the area, and they even had a few hits around the campsite, though nothing ever came of it. Well, so does that mean there was a dead body in the campsite at some point, or? Possibly, right? I mean, this is not an exact science. And to be fair, police discovered that, uh, that there was a lady who had scattered the remains, I believe, of her husband at the area. So that could have been it as well. Really? Right. I never knew that cadaver dogs would hit on, you know, like, like ashes like that. I didn't either. Now, this might be one area where you could say that the police made a mistake, because it seems like this area would have been completely cordoned off, right? Right, right. But anyways, uh, other than that one arguable mistake, it seems like it's pretty solid. Yeah, it seems like the, the police really covered all the bases on this one. Yeah, I mean, I, so. think, I think that's expected when there's a child involved, right? Yeah, I would agree. I just, it doesn't seem to me that, that he could be out there still, you know, in that area. Well, I guess that brings us to the possible theories then, right? Right. So wh- how many, how many theories have we got? Have we got some good ones? So there's just a handful that have been actually taken seriously by investigators. And the first is an animal attack, which honestly I think is unlikely. Search crews look through wolf dens, bear dens, and even an eagle's nest, because apparently Dior was within the weight limit for what a large eagle can carry, and, and they that, found nothing. That's scary. <laughs> yeah, it is, isn't it? it? It is, but I don't feel like, you know, beyond the searches there, I don't feel like he could have been taken by an animal without them hearing something. Agreed. Uh, yeah, like I said earlier, the creek was only about 50 feet away, and Grandpa was still at camp. It seems inconceivable that a wild animal could have attacked him without someone hearing. And the searchers didn't find a shred of clothing or so much as a drop of blood. And according to Dior's parents and his grandparents, uh, Dior's cowboy boots were like two sizes too large for him and were constantly falling off. So again, it seems unlikely that an animal could have dragged him off without one or both shoes coming off, right? Yeah, I think there would have been some kind of physical evidence of, uh, of an animal attack, for sure. Right, but they found nothing. No indication of such. Well, what about some other theories? Because I, I don't think the animal attack, I, I, I don't put any faith in that one. Me neither. So, number two, as we mentioned earlier, is the possibility that he fell into the creek. Right, so it, was that creek really deep enough for him to, to drown in it? Probably not. It came up to an adult's uh, maybe a little lower than the shin. And besides that, the creek was thoroughly searched, as well as the stone reservoir that it empties into. So it seems highly unlikely, again, that he fell into the creek. And besides, the parents were at the creek, right? How would he have gotten there without someone seeing him? Right, that, that doesn't make any sense. I mean, unless he wandered into the woods and got to the creek out in the woods 
them past where they were, but that just seems like a lot for a toddler to manage. Especially given the time constraints, right? Exactly. And also, I mean, if it's not that deep, then how's, I, I don't think that he would drown in it. And if he did, would it be able to wash his body down to the reservoir? Now, not that I'm saying they shouldn't have searched the reservoir. Of they course. need to cover that base, but it, it just seems like that's unlikely as well, in my mind. I agree. So the third possibility is actually what I think is probably the least likely scenario. And that's an abduction simply because it seems impossible for anyone to have approached the camp without being seen. I mean, the place is extremely isolated, again, with a single road in and out. And, by the way, investigators were satisfied that no one else was camping in the area at the time. Wow, well, how would... I can't even wrap my head around how that would have come to pass if no one else was out there camping, right? Would they have tried to hike through the woods just for the purpose of abducting this child? How do they know that child was even there at the campground to start with? These are all good questions. But again, the the place was nearly completely surrounded by mountains and, and that creek. So it seems like you'd have to try really hard for that. And you said there's only one road in, right? Exactly. So they would have obviously, someone had come down that road at, into the campground, they would have known. Right. Now, despite how unlikely this scenario is, It was actually the primary theory of the couple's first private investigator, Frank Veal, who was a retired U.S. Marshal. Now, this was based primarily on a story Jessica told about her recent trip into Ledor. This is what I meant when I said earlier that we'd get back to this. Right, so so what happened in Ledor? So, according to Jessica, when she was inside of the stage stop junction, an older man made her very uncomfortable because he kept staring at Dior. And interestingly enough, there was another report nearby from a woman who told a very similar story about a man in a black Jeep. And Vilt initially focused his investigation on finding this man. Though, police eventually tracked down the guy in the Jeep and established that he was uninvolved in Dior's disappearance. Just that story to me, I mean, sure, that's creepy, but... Would the guy have followed them back to camp to know where they were? I don't see how that would be possible. As I said, there's a single road in and out, and you have to drive it extremely slowly because of how rocky it is, right? So it seems very difficult that someone could have followed them up a road like that without being seen. And also, um, you know, when you say it being rocky, you think you would hear a vehicle coming down it, right? Not to mention that, you'd almost certainly see it, right? So Right, exactly. Well, you know, that, that brings me to another point that I, I didn't think about, is that with an abduction, you'd think they would hear something with that as well, right? Right. I mean, um, the, the, surely the kid would scream if a random person picked him up, right? Right. And then, you know, if they had ridden an ATV out there or something as well, you'd hear that as well, right? Exactly. I mean, that would be so, hard to miss, especially in a secluded area like that where there's not a lot of noise. So really, the only way he could have been abducted is if someone came in on foot and took him. Right. Which, again, as we've discussed from the terrain, seems very unlikely. I, I completely agree. And it seems like it would have to have been by chance, right? So someone just happened upon their campsite that was the type of person that would abduct a child. Individually, these seem unlikely. Combined, I, I just don't buy it, right? I, I completely agree. So I guess that about does it for the abduction. So the fourth possibility 
is, of course, involvement from one of the adults. And I think, for starters, we should look at Isaac Rainwand, Bob's guest. Now, right, he was the only one that wasn't family, right? He was. Now, I want to be clear up front. I don't think Isaac had anything to do with Dior's disappearance. In fact, I think he's been badly mistreated. You see, almost from the beginning, Jessica and Vernal tried to steer investigators towards Isaac. Virtually any chance they got, they'd mention how odd or strange he is. And Jessica even mentioned that he was angry Dior was with them and had asked why anyone would bring a kid camping. Well, just because he didn't want a kid camping with him doesn't mean he would kill him. Right. I mean, if you even buy that to begin with, which giving her the benefit of the doubt is really difficult, especially after you hear this next bizarre story she told in one of her interviews. Okay. This one's great. So, according to Jessica, there was a shovel found by police at the campsite that appeared to have been recently used. And apparently, Isaac was questioned about it by police. Now, again, according to Jessica, after he was questioned about the shovel, Isaac supposedly came back picked it up, and ran his hands all over it for no apparent reason. That's uh, bizarre? Really strange. Right. Bizarre. I mean, maybe he wanted to show police, or maybe he wanted police to see that so they couldn't fingerprint it and say his fingerprints were on it because he obviously just touched it, right? Well, that seems to be the implication she's trying to make, right? But her story actually even gets stranger. She says that while Isaac was doing this, that she noticed a single blonde hair, the same color as Dior's, on the tip of the shovel. At this point, she says that she jerked the shovel away from Isaac and that when she did so, the wind blew that hair away and it's never been seen again. There is a lot wrong with that story. So much. Firstly, let's say Isaac was burying Dior with the shovel, right? Right. How would the hair even get on the shovel? It's a fair question. I mean, you're not your your shovel shouldn't come into contact with the victim during <laughs> the process, right? Like you're just dumping dirt on. I mean, I think that's probably giving her way too much credit than she deserves at this point. Like even making that assumption. But beyond that, let's say that it's it's stuck to the shovel with some mud. The hair is stuck with some mud to the shovel, you know? Right. To the point that it's like hung on to the shovel this whole time through burying and everything else okay how is the wind gonna just force gump this hair away off the shovel again fine question though i think i think it's pretty clear this is this story is completely fabricated to turn the police towards isaac yeah no it it sounds that way to me too how do you even notice one tiny little blonde hair i mean i guess her spidey sense tingled i don't know i mean because i'm assuming it's pretty short hair with it being you know a child it would have to be right Right. And how could so, she tell it was blonde from that distance? I don't know. Uh, you'd seem, it seems like that would have to be something up close you'd see. I mean, again, I think the answer here is obvious. This story is completely made up out of whole club. Uh, it sounds like it, yeah. Okay, so despite Jessica and Vernal's claims, none of the investigating agencies believe Isaac had any involvement in Dior's disappearance. In fact, he's the only person on the trip who has consistently told the same story, despite being interviewed by Lehigh County, Bonneville County, and the FBI. One thing I've got to say about Isaac is that 
being on a trip with another family and you're the only outsider, you'd have to be incredibly stupid to harm one of those family members and try to get away with it because everyone is going to look at you first. Right. You're the, you're the obvious suspect. Everyone else is blood related to the kid. Exactly. And it doesn't make sense. I don't see a motive. Even if he's annoyed that the child is on the camping trip with him, that's really not motive for that type of thing. Right. Right. And, and let's, and let's be clear about something. If we take Jessica and Vernal's stories at face value, Isaac is the only one of them who seems to have an alibi, right? Because he was with them the last time they saw Dior, and he was still fishing when the kid went missing. Right, yeah. He was over there fishing, and I guess they could see him down the creek, right? How would he have done anything to Dior? It's a good question, and the thing is, they have to know this. So it seems kind of suspect that they've been trying to point the finger at Isaac knowing this, right? That, yeah, that's so crazy. So... Before we get to Jessica and Vernal, I guess we have to take a look at Bob, right? Though, I mean, it's inconceivable that a man of his age on oxygen could have harmed Dior and then covered it up so thoroughly. Yeah, I have to agree. I mean, the man can't even get around. He can't breathe. How's he going to... I mean, firstly, I mean, if the child knew who was about to harm him, he'd probably run away and he couldn't even catch him. But, I mean, I guess, I mean, that that's not... I mean, it's not say that he didn't walk up to him. Bob could have grabbed him or something. But you still have the problem of him disposing of the body, hiding it in a way that no search team can find this body. Right. I mean, it just like it defies reason, right? So I think exactly. we can be pretty clear that, that Bob probably had nothing to do with it. You know, maybe he's helped cover something up. Don't know about that. But I don't think he's the one that did the deed. Yeah, I'd have to agree with that. So I guess it's time to discuss Jessica and Vernal. Now, before we get started, I want to be very clear that there is no direct evidence that either were involved in their son's disappearance and neither has been charged with any crime. That said, I think it's worth noting that nearly everyone who has investigated this case believes at the very least that they know more than they are letting on. Limhigh County Sheriff Lynn Bowerman publicly declared them suspects in 2016 and strongly implied that people should stop donating money to them. He specifically said they were being untruthful. That, that's big. Even without that statement, them being declared suspects is big, not just persons of interest. Is that right? Right. No, suspects. Yeah, that, that looks really bad on them. Uh, now, did the sheriff have any uh, reasons to suspect them other than just you know, the circumstantial evidence and the lack of other suspects? Well, so, you know, like any police force, uh, they've been pretty uh, tight-lipped about it. However, I will say this, that both Limhigh County and the FBI offered the couple plea deals in exchange for telling them where the body is located. So... That seems to suggest where they believe the evidence points, right? And, and there's no doubt things that, that they know that we don't. So the FBI offered them a deal as well. Yes. So that's not one of these cases where, I mean, you know, sometimes you're into a case where local law enforcement just has it out for one suspect, right? No, this does not seem to be that at all. Because you've, dev- you've got the FBI that thinks that as well. So. Right. So I said earlier that we'd get back to the polygraph results, right? And Bowerman 
has publicly stated that the two failed their examinations. And he even specifically listed the questions that they failed, which were, do you know where your son is? And do you know what happened to him? Now, again, I don't think that polygraph results are reliable. I'm just relaying the information because Bowerman said it and he was the sheriff. Right. Well, I, I don't put much stock in polygraphs either. Um, those two specific questions, they look pretty bad that those are the questions they failed. Right. But those are probably the two questions that they were looking for them to fail to prove something, right? Right. I mean, those are the two questions that if you're taking a polygraph, you know they think you're lying on those questions and you're going to be nervous about those two questions, right? Yeah, I suppose that could be the case. Now, it's not just the various police departments that think the parents had something to do with it. Frank Vilt, the PI from earlier, ended up quitting the investigation and wrote a pretty scathing letter to the parents. And I'm going to read part of that for you real quick. Quote, I'm withdrawing from the investigation because of circumstances beyond my control, including, but not limited to, a breach of trust on your part concerning your refusal to allow me to make this case national. I am perplexed as to why you did not want me to advertise the $20,000 reward. I was willing to put up personal funds in the hopes that the public could provide information leading to the whereabouts of your son. When I agreed to assist you, I informed you that I would work for my out-of-pocket expenses. I was willing to forego my normal hourly fee. My stipulation was that both of you would be absolutely truthful. I told both of you that if I felt that you were not telling the truth, stalling me, or otherwise misleading me, that I would withdraw from the investigation. In my professional opinion, both of you lied and misrepresented the true facts that could solve the mystery of your missing son. Close quote. I've got to say that, just that he would say that, that seems very damning, right? Oh, yeah. But I'm, I'm really confused. He said that he wanted to go national with it, and they wouldn't let him. So he was trying to get national media attention? Yes, and the family seemed to not want any part of it. He got them invitations on Nancy Grace as well as Good Morning America, and they turned both down. That makes no sense to me. Any family that has someone missing, it seems like they, they fight to get this national media attention in case someone knows anything. Right, right that's what Vilt said. Like He said his experience was that, that parents begged for this kind of media attention, and it was offered to them, and they denied it. You know, They turned it down. I mean, what did he have to go through to, to get them invited so, on these shows? It's right? a good question. Remember, he was working for simply for his out-of-pocket expenses. Right, He wasn't charging them his hourly rate. Just that? probably really upset him because no he question. thought working to it. Uh, but then to think that they're lying to him as well, that's yeah, that's really difficult. That's that's bad. That looks terrible on them. Right. Well, then there's the, the matter of that $20,000 reward. Why would they have not wanted that posted? Like that, that seems to defy reason. What doesn't make sense to me on that, right, is even if they had done it themselves, obviously no one knows that no one has information to turn in to get the 20000 right? Right. So why be worried about it? That's, see, that's a good question. I, I don't know. So it could be, and I don't know this for sure because I'm not really sure why they, they didn't want it posted, but it could be that they wanted that money to spend for themselves. I mean, I know that sounds awful, but I can't think of any other reason. Maybe this was donation money and, you know, they wanted to spend it. 
uh, that that could be a possibility. Right. If it's posted like that, it's not spendable, right? You'd have to probably put it in escrow or something. I suppose. I, I really don't know how that works. But no, I don't either. Yeah, I, I hate to you know say that about the family that they would do something like that, but obviously, if they were the guilty party, then they're then they probably would have done that as well, right? Right. And you remember the uh, sheriff Bowerman? You know, he specifically said uh, told people to think very carefully before donating to them. So maybe yeah, this that, was an issue before as well. That that seems to be fitting together with that. Yeah. Yeah. So. Vilt actually was not the only private investigator the family hired. Uh, the second was Philip Klein, and he's the one that conducted almost all of the interviews you see with them online. So he was the one that interviewed her when she told the shovel story? Yes, that, that, was, that was Klein Investigations. Okay. Now, after conducting all of those interviews, Klein is completely convinced that Jessica and Vernal were involved. He even suspects that Dior may not have ever been to the campsite to begin with, that perhaps something happened, uh, probably an accident, beforehand, and that maybe the camping trip was used to cover the event up. This is a particularly popular theory on the internet, by the way. Just on the surface, that seems unlikely to me. Is there any specific evidence that points him toward that conclusion? So there is some, but it's purely circumstantial, of course. Now, As Klein points out, not one person on either visit to Ledor remembers seeing Dior. Investigators checked everywhere they went, and not one person remembers seeing the baby, including people who remembered Jessica or Vernal. Now, unfortunately, there were no cameras at any of the locations to know for certain. Well, that does seem, I guess it's strange, but I can see that happening, though. Just imagine if Dior's a quiet kid. Right. I mean, you know, he's short. Let's say they were talking to someone behind the counter. They may have never seen Dior. He could have just been holding his mother's hand or something, right? Right. Now, yeah, if This he's is a, not very convincing evidence, right? I mean, Exactly. And especially if, you know, he's known to be a quiet kid like that. Or, you know, maybe he was sitting out in the truck or something, right? Yeah, there's any number of reasons why someone may not have noticed him. And, you know, what's the, the saying? Uh, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence, right? Right, right. And there is at least one other huge hole in this theory, and maybe you've put together what that is. Maybe Isaac and why he would lie about this? Right. See, despite being accused by virtually every member of the trip, he has consistently maintained that Dior was there on the camping trip. Why would he protect people who were so quick to throw him under the bus? I have no idea. I I would think that he would want to tell authorities everything he knew if he was already being looked at, right? Right. I mean, and as I mentioned before, he's had every opportunity to change his story. Uh, He's been not only interviewed by various police departments, including the FBI, but journalists have been harassing him for years, and he's always told the same story. Right. I I wouldn't think that Isaac would lie about that. I I mean, I don't know for sure, but it seems really unlikely to me. I completely agree. I mean, why cover for people who are so quick to tell people they think you're involved? I, I completely agree. I, you would think that if he had any information about them, he would give that up just because of everything they put him through. Right. So there's also another reason that Klein suspects the family. And this concerns a search he conducted of their home. You see, 
Following Jessica and Vernal's eviction, Klein was given access to the home by their former landlord, and two of the items he found in particular are pretty disturbing. The first was a set of four matchbox cars that the parents had described as missing. They said they had no clue where they were. And the second appears to be the camouflage jacket that Jessica and Vernal claimed Dior was wearing when he went missing. That's pretty strange. And I have a few thoughts on these different things, though. Okay, okay fair enough. Um, the matchbox cars, mm-hmm. uh, that I, I don't put a lot of stock into that being evidence. Because I don't either. Maybe, maybe they just didn't know where they were and couldn't find them, so that's not a big deal. Now, that camouflage jacket, that... That's a little that's more difficult really just, to explain away, right? It's it's yeah, it bothers me, and because that really does seem to point to him never being there. Because if something had happened to Dior, even if they hurt Dior themselves at on the camping trip, why would they lie about what he was wearing? Why not just tell them exactly what he was wearing while he was there? Right, that's that's a good question. Um, yeah, that, that does seem to suggest that if it's the case. Though I think we should we should, in fairness. You know, be open to the possibility that he just had multiple camouflage jackets and the parents neglected to mention that. That's that's possible. But I have I have another thought on this. Something okay. that, that has just occurred to me. They were evicted uh, from their home. Is what you're right. saying? Yes. And uh, this was after they were evicted. They just left all this stuff behind? Right. That, that appears to be the case. Um, I, I mean... You know, you shouldn't leave. I guess if you're evicted, you really shouldn't leave. You know, a lot of stuff behind that you don't want anymore. But they left Dior stuff behind. Yeah, that that does seem strange. I hadn't considered that. Right. I, I mean, um, and, and it can't be that they were just kicked out. You know, before they could you know clear anything up because you have to. You know, by law, they have to be given notice. Yeah, you get notice of this stuff. I, I know parents who've lost small children. Right. And they always want to cling to this stuff, right? Right. It doesn't seem like. Like, you'd leave their, their clothing and their toys behind, right? I completely agree. And, again, I, I don't want to read too much into it. There's no handbook on how people should act. Right. And it's, it's very circumstantial, but it, it's, it struck me as odd. It really struck me as odd. Yeah, no, no question. So, that is pretty much the case as it stands today. For my part, I think that an accident at some point on the trip is the most likely scenario. But again, this is another case where there's so little evidence that, you know, it's mostly just speculation, right? It, I, I agree. That seems the most likely to me. I, I like to think it's an accident. You know, I, I hate to think of uh, this child's own family hurting him, right? And doing something. Of course, that's, that's just unconscionable. Though, I, at the same time, if it was an accident, why not actually report it as an accident? That is a fine question. I don't know. There's there's so much to this case that I can't say for sure, but it definitely seems like something happened on that camping trip and that someone's covering something up. Right, and, and maybe if there was an accident that they were trying to cover up, that could also explain Vernal's bizarre trip up the road. That really could, because he could have... Under cover of, you know, going to make this call, he could have disposed of the body if he had to. Right. Now, to be fair, we know that he did call while we don't have we don't have a call from him. But remember, the operator on the call with Jessica, she asks if her husband is also calling. 
So it does seem apparent that he did call. But, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean that he wasn't also covering something up. No, I, I agree. It, he would have known he had to make that call if he told that story, right? Right, yeah. I mean, lots so. of people make 911 calls for the sole purpose of covering something up. Exactly. In, in other situations in this, if they are covering something up, they made terrible missteps. But that is something that he, he definitely, I guess, knew he had to do. <laughs> right. Well, Dan, do you have any other questions about the disappearance of Dior Coons? No questions. I'm just, I mean, it's, it's depressing. And it's kind of disturbing, the whole thing is. But I mean, anytime I, a child goes missing like this, it, you know, it's awful. It's terrible. But no, I don't have any other questions. I, I think you've covered it pretty well. All right. Thank you for listening to the Fact and Suspicion podcast. If you have any information about the disappearance of Dior Kuntz Jr., please contact the Lemhigh County Sheriff's Department immediately.